Well, I'm so thankful that you're here tonight to celebrate Christmas Eve uh, with us. And uh, I just pray that God does something in your life tonight as you hear the word and talk about the word. Uh, Well, one thing that uh, has become a tradition for me on Christmas Eve is to give you some tips on gift giving for Christmas. How many of you know that I like to do that? So nine years going, I can't stop now. And in fact, they're not gifts that you should give. They're actually gifts that you shouldn't give. So um, just in case uh, you have a bad gift and maybe it comes up in one of these, you can take these back. By the way, these are real things that happen. Uh, You can find them hashtag worst gift ever uh, on Twitter. Uh, And so I've got eight of them for you. Here is the first one. My dad once got me a dog for Christmas. The next day, the real owner came back for their lost dog. (laughs) Worst gift ever, worst dad ever, all right? (laughs) My grandmother's friend gave me a $25 Applebee's gift card two years ago. When I had ordered food, then checked out, it only had 30 cents. All right. Those grandmas and their friends. My birthday is right after Christmas. Once I got a pair of socks, one for Christmas and the other one for my birthday. All right. Once for Christmas, I gave my husband an electric guitar. He gave me windshield wiper blade refills. All right. Guys, if you did that for your wife, take those back. All right. I told my grandma I wanted art supplies for Christmas. She bought a dinosaur coloring book that came with a box of crayons. I was 27. (laughs) My dad bought me a burglar alarm. He thought it was so funny, I just got out of jail for burglary and theft. There's a lot of dad ones, all right? Guys need help, I guess. One year, my secret Santa gave me a coupon for an Invisalign consultation. (laughs) There's nothing like sending a hidden message in your gift giving, right? All right, here's the last one. Uh, You children, you you might have uh, nightmares about this one. One year, my mom cut the plastic eyes off my sister's old stuffed animals to give to our dog as toys. She wrapped them but forgot to label them. Christmas morning, my sister opened her own childhood toys without eyes. There were many tears that year and probably some counseling that came after that. So uh, if by chance uh, you got one of those gifts or you have a terrible gift, there's still time to get a good gift this uh, Christmas Eve. Well, uh, this this December, we've been talking about as a church how your perception uh, can be changed and how you view the world determines how you behave and live in the world. So we've been talking about the filters that we have as humans and, and that when you look at something or when you see something, it's not just what you see, but it's how you see. Because two people can look at the same situation and see completely different things. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so we've been talking about how to change your perception if you can't change reality. Well, I have a quick story about uh, when I was in college where my perception was completely changed. Uh, when, uh, when I went to Bible school in Southern California, every fall we would have a fall break and me and my friends would go backpacking, we'd go hiking. And this one year we decided to go in Northern California. It was the Lost Coast Trail. It was called Lost Coast Trail for a reason. It was hard to find. About a mile into our trip, 
there is this Roosevelt elk, this big bull elk, standing on the trail that would not let us through. We'd walk toward him, and he would walk towards us. We tried to go up to the right, and he would walk up to the right. We tried to go down to the left, and he, he would walk down to the left. And so there were seven of us there. And so we had a brilliant idea. You know when you get guys in a room, like the more guys, the worse the idea gets? And so we decided to intimidate this massive elk. So we got the biggest guy that was there. He was as wide as he was tall. We put him in the front. Me and my friend flanked him on the right and on the left. And we thought, we're going to charge this elk. And this is going to work. I mean, I, I, this is the first time I ever saw an elk. I grew up in the Midwest. It was white-tailed deer. I mean, they spooked, you know, when you said boo. And so we thought, I thought, this is just a big deer, right? <laughs> And so on the count of three, we said, we're going to bull rush this thing. A one, two, three. We start running towards this elk. This elk starts running towards us with his head down. And so what do I do? I jumped on the elk. I wrestled him. No, I, just, I didn't do that. I turned and ran as fast as I could. It's like, how do you outrun a bear? You run faster than your friend. We all survived, all right? The elk eventually stopped. But my perception was this, that we can scare this thing easily. My reality was, no, this thing's going to scare us, right? If I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have done what I did then. My direction changed. In some ways, you could say my life changed because I still have one. I want to talk about your perceptions tonight for a few minutes. Your, your realities. And I want to talk about Christmas. When you look at Christmas, what do you see? When you look at Christmas, what do you see? Do you see the twinkle in your kid's eyes? Do you see the beauty of the tree? The lights on your house or in the neighborhood or at the mall? But let me ask you, is that all you see? Some of you may have a different perspective about Christmas. I meet a lot of people that Christmas isn't all fuzzy and warm and love, peace, and joy. Maybe what you see at Christmas is stress. The busy rush, the parties, the bills are bigger than the bank account. You're having family over and you're glad to see them, but there's always a few. All right, you know what I'm talking about? They're a piece of work. Maybe it's the crazy pace of cleaning the house, cooking the ham, having parties. And maybe you just wonder how you're going to get through this year. But let me ask you, is that all you see? For others, maybe Christmas is a time that saddens you. This year you're alone again, or maybe last Christmas you had someone in your life that isn't in your life anymore. Or perhaps this is the first Christmas where your kids will have two Christmases. Or maybe it's a season you're heading into with uncertainty in your life or your career, your vocation. Maybe Christmas isn't the joyful season for some of you. But let me ask you again, is that all you see? Tonight, I want you to see Christmas differently. I want you to see it through a fresh perspective. In the entire month of December, we've been talking about trying to see the narrative about Jesus through a different lens and different filter. And we have found that we have misconceptions about the story. And so I have attempted to put ourselves into the shoes of the characters in the story. 
So we looked at Mary and what Mary had facing, she was, it was uncertain. I mean, she was pregnant, she was a teenager, she was in, married, and she was facing uncertainty. And instead of responding in fear, she responded in faith. We looked at the shepherds. The shepherds were looking uh, at their circumstances. I mean, they were minding their own business in life. And, and, and what happened in the sky caused them to change their own filter and begin to look up and find their identity from God. And then we looked at the wise men who were searching the stars for the answers to life's deepest problems. And what they found, that the answer that they were looking for wasn't actually an answer, it was a person. It was Jesus. Tonight what I want to do is, I want to think of something completely different. I, I want us to look at the story not through the eyes of Mary, the shepherds, or the wise men, but through the eyes of heaven. I want to look at heaven's perspective, what heaven saw the night that Jesus was born. I know some of you are thinking this is kind of a stretch to think of what heaven saw. You know, maybe you're wondering if Jesus is even real. But if you can go there with me for a few minutes tonight, I'd love for you to come. Here's why. Because I believe if you could see what heaven saw, then you'd respond how heaven responded. If you could change your perspective and see from the lens and view of heaven and the hosts of angels, then I think that you and I would respond how heaven responded. So I want to look at the Christmas story one last time through fresh eyes in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. This is what Luke writes. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. So what did heaven see that night? Heaven was celebrating. Heaven was having a party. You know why? I will tell you what I think. Is that heaven saw that Jesus was the answer to all of our problems and all of our pain and all of our prayer. I believe they saw exactly what was going to happen and what we're going through. I don't know how you see Christmas, but if you could see how heaven saw, then you would respond how heaven responded. You see, for centuries, people cried out to the Lord. They cried out in pain and anguish and they wanted God to move. If you look at the biblical story throughout what we call the Old Testament, 700 years before the birth of Christ, there was a prophecy about a Messiah. And they had to wait 700 years before this prophecy would become fulfilled. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not good at waiting. All right, ask my wife. I don't like traffic. I don't like waiting in the fast food lines. Like, I am impatient. But we're talking 700 years. 
of waiting and anticipation. So this is waiting, not just between one generation, but many generations, generation after generation. We're talking centuries, not just decades. And in this moment is when everything changed. When God broke through in the darkness and sent Jesus to earth, And what God did in that moment changed our reality and changed our perceptions. You see, in this part of the story of the Old Testament where where people, they knew of God's love for them and his steadfast love, but, but you can't help reading through the Bible before you get to the Jesus narrative and realize something is missing. That people are attempting to work their way to God and always making mistakes and always getting off track. When you look at it, it's like life isn't complete. Maybe that's how some of you feel even tonight, right now. Maybe you have as many questions as you have answers to life. Maybe you have as much hurt as you have hope. But I want to ask you again, what do you see? When you look over your life, in the rear view mirror of your life, what do you see? Do you see something missing? Do you see life is complete and fully satisfying or is there something that you struggle with? Maybe your story isn't one of missing something. Maybe it's having complete success in something. Maybe it's been the best year that you've ever had. It's hard to imagine from my perspective in the year that we've had, but maybe you have. But, but maybe you've had the success and you've had the money and you've had the wealth and you've had things go right, but at the end of the day, you lay your head down and there's still something missing. There's a sadness, there's something that is incomplete. Maybe some of you wonder, is this as good as it gets in life? That's why at the very first Christmas, I think heaven rejoiced. They sang glory to God in the highest because they knew this baby would fulfill everything that we had hoped for as humanity. And that this child would become the savior of the world, dying on the cross so you and I could have eternal life. It's interesting because a few years later, These words would be recorded of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13. He would teach this. He said, I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people have longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. They've longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. I think even as Jesus was born and walked on this earth, there are people who saw it, but they didn't respond to it. There are people that heard the gospel and the narrative about Jesus, but they didn't respond to it. It's as if Jesus would know that when he went to the cross, that people would witness but not understand the full reality of what was happening. It's as though all of heaven had been waiting for this one moment for God to act in Jesus Christ. And many missed it. Many missed it because they didn't have a right perspective. They didn't see, they saw things through their own lens and their own filter. But some chose 
to have a proper perspective, the right perspective. Let me share something that we should all see tonight. Let me share the story about Jesus, the narrative. The birth of Jesus began a three-decade journey of him sharing some of the greatest wisdom the world had ever known. But then going so much further than that, and maybe the teachings of Jesus is part of the story that you know, but it's the rest of the story why we're here today. When we still rejected Jesus, sending him to a criminal's death on the cross, he embraced us. When you got lost in the lights and in the gifts and the parties and the pace and the sadness and the emptiness, he embraced you. Not only did Jesus die on the cross, but three days later he rose again. Rescuing the world from the grip of sin, from the grip of death. Rescuing you and I from our own sin and a spiritual death. You see, he met our indifference, our sadness, and our hurt with an embrace. And when we place our trust in him as our Lord and Savior, when we come to him and admit our shortcomings and place our lives in him, we get new life in Jesus Christ. He is the way to the Father. And everyone is invited, and that invitation includes you. That's what I think heaven saw that night. That's why heaven was rejoicing. Because Jesus would change reality for eternity. He would not just change people in that generation. He would change people for centuries, for millennia, forever. You see, the coming of Jesus meant the coming of hope. It meant the coming of peace, the coming of good news, of a way through the pain and through the hurt and through the emptiness into new life. That's what heaven saw. They didn't just see a baby being born, but they saw all that Jesus would do for the world. And I'm convinced that if you could see what heaven saw, you'd respond how heaven responded. So let me ask you, what do you see? The lights, the pretty tree, the gifts around the tree, the meals, the busy rush. Maybe it's the stress or overwhelm or anxiety in this season. Maybe it's the sadness or emptiness or loss that life brings. Tonight I want you to see but heaven saw the salvation of the world, which isn't just something that's out there for everyone else. It's something that's very personal. It's something that's here for you and I. When the Bible says that Jesus came for the whole world, he's talking about you. He's talking about you and me and your family and your friends. It's very personal. I'm convinced if you could see what heaven saw, then you respond how heaven responded. And when heaven saw Jesus coming in the flesh, they praised God. They sang glory to God in the highest. What we saw in Matthew is just a microcosm of heaven celebrating that night. I imagine the ruckus and the thundering clapping and applause of what was happening in that moment. 
heaven came running. The hosts of heaven and angels came running to see this moment because they knew what it would do for you and I. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're gonna sing a song and just hear a song in a few minutes. But before we do that, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. To respond to his love, to respond to his grace, to respond to his salvation. You see, the reality is that many of us have walked away. Many of us have gone on our own path. And we see the way back to God as a difficult path. But the, the truth is this, is, is that the story of the gospel is that God came to man. Man didn't go to God. You don't find God, God finds you. You don't have to go out there because God is right here. He is among us. He is here. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is incarnate. And maybe you're at a place in a moment in your life where you want to respond how heaven responded. Praising God, giving him your life and your devotion and your adoration. I want to ask you to respond to him in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands. If you want to respond to him, maybe some of you have never made that choice. You've never made a commitment to Jesus. Maybe some of you have made that, but you've walked away. And this is your moment, Christmas Eve, 2021, to come back to the Lord. To come running to his embrace. To receive his salvation and his grace in your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you said, you know what, I want to come back to Jesus. I want to experience him in this season. I want to invite him into my life. If that's you, wherever you're at, would you just lift your hand up so I can agree with you? Amen. I see your hand. See your hand on my right. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand right here. Anyone else? God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus so that we could experience this new life. So that even in the midst of the pain and the trouble and the problems that we know that you are with us that your answer to everything in our life is not an answer, but it's a person. It's Jesus. And God, we celebrate your son, Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. We praise your name. We bless your name. And everyone said, amen.